0: It is Friday, and this is the Brand Builders Podcast. You have, bam, Mister Thomas, 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 Thomas Montgomery, 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 in Austin, 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 Texas, 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 and this is your good friend, your good neighborhood. Got my mic, podcaster. Preston Rutherford, with the, the podcaster with the flow.
1: Let's see. I gotta see the, the. Give me a side view. Side view of the. Oh yeah, there we go. Look at that shine, luster, <laughs> a luster.
0: How do I get that? Luster. <laughs> All right. How do I manage that up top? Up here? You uh, wash wash you your hair less grow it frequently.
1: Out. Fewer washings. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, I've already it's done still,
0: that. Still <laughs> check. <is>. Still. <laughs> But still showering. I don't want I don't want there to be
1: ambiguity hey, listen,
0: about personal hygiene in general. Okay. Let, let's, let's That's be clear. where I've
1: gone wrong. I've, <laughs> I'm opting out of the showers entirely.
0: <laughs> you should rethink that. I
1: can't waste time. Think about how much time you has been showering in a year. <laughs> I've been a, thinking I'm so a much a about part,
0: man. your comments about transition time and minimizing <laughs> transition time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? I got and waterproof that. AirPods so that I could do work in the shower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm reaching out typing while i'm showering yeah, yeah. doing, I, I doing sales calls
1: dry gloves that i can reach out <laughs> through my shower and type yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah I, I, i'm not going to talk about it on this podcast but there are a couple of things that i've implemented to reduce transition time that i'm that i'm pretty what are, they? What on. are they i cannot i cannot they are. Oh. They would not make sense to a lot of people. I wouldn't say inappropriate. <laughs> I would just say you gotta you gotta take some leaps to get there, and you gotta try, baby. You gotta try. It. You gotta try it, anyways. Anyways, that is both here and there. But today, what we are going to aim to put out into the world so that potentially brand builders listen to this and maybe glean a new perspective off of some of our steamy hot takes pertaining to the world of what in the world it means to build your brand in a way that it translates to financial returns. There are it seems we've learned some huge misconceptions about what that means, what the value of it is, that... You might even earth-shattering misconceptions. I think we should call it... Yeah, these are some earth-shattering misconceptions <laughs> that exist out there. That if we just try to quantify the missed GDP creation that can come out of fixing these misconceptions, the number of zeros on the end of this number, too many to count. So with that, we we cannot let another second pass before we dive in on this. So what we are going to discuss today, and Tom, I'm gonna kick it off by handing it over to you, is what are some of the biggest misconceptions that relate to that that marketers who are building consumer brands both um excuse me brands both on the consumer side and on let's call it the b2b side basically anyone selling anything to anyone need to think about or need to get an understanding of so that they are no longer in a position where they have let's call them limiting beliefs or just simply incorrect assumptions around what it means to strengthen your brand for your company, why, how it works, what you have to do, how you measure it. Um, let's just dive in. Why don't you kick us off with some of your thoughts? And, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll end up as a, a 90 second clip that you post on your LinkedIn that goes viral. But if not, who cares? So with that, cares? I'm going to pass it on
1: to Who you. Who cares? What's viral even mean? Well, let me tell you about an earth-shattering misconception that's going on in the world of marketing that once you figure like it that. out, your your entire landscape will be changed forevermore. Now, um, <clears throat> so Preston and I were talking about uh, just moments ago, um, what should we talk about on this podcast? And, and one of the um, things that was popping up for us that was very salient for us Given a lot of conversations we've been having is is going deeper on um, the distinction between brand and then like brand marketing and how we try to affect brand and like both um, uh, how we how we should try to affect brand um, but then also how we typically think about and the traps we tip the mental traps we typically get into when we start to think about brand um and um and it really comes down to this distinction between what is brand what are you doing currently to affect your brand and then what do you typically think of when you think about affecting your brand Um, And those are all uh, very different concepts. So for us, um, as we've been talking about it, um, kind of building a definition of brand, right? Um, That really what brand is, is the memory structures that are built around your business um, uh, within your target customers or your target audience. And it's both the breadth of those, like how many people have memory structures around your business. Um, the depth of those, so how ingrained, how System One are, how System One um, is your brand for them when they think about your category, across how many categories and with what affinity um, and understanding, um, yeah, of who you are, what you do. Um. And so that's kind of the parameters we're putting around it, but it's all about kind of a a, a mental affect, like a, like a neurological structure, um, of like literal neurons architected around a brand. Like there is a biological concept behind how people, um, store memories, um, and. That's what we're trying. That's what we mean when we say brand, but then it's like, okay, well, we can't go do brainwave, um, detection on everybody, um, until Elon Musk, uh, launches his new company. Um, right. (laughs) Of course. uh, we can't do that. So, so what do we do? Um, and so our perspective is there are kind of two ways to look at this. The first is what are the behaviors that show us that this is happening? And this is a burgeoning thing that these, that these memories are being forged. And then the second is, what's the business outcome of that? Um, And those are the two ways we think about measuring brand. One is maybe more the input of the influencing factors or the reflection that these memory structures are being formed, and the second is the output to your business of what's the value of building memory structures. Um, And so let's talk about the inputs first. These are just behaviors that are happening towards your brand um, that let you know that people are um, engaging with the content you're putting out, engaging with your business, um, committing to getting more content from your business. And these are all things that reinforce uh, the neurological structure around your business. Um, They um, uh, are are, uh, moments of commitment, um, of varying degrees of severity towards your business um, that have some sort of psychological affect. and as we know people are constantly seeking to reduce uh, cognitive dissonance and so every action they take towards your business is a really positive thing psych- psychologically for you um and um and so that's one reflection of kind of in mass neurological structures being formed mm-hmm. um and um, those are on the input side of things um on the yep. outputs it's it's what does that look like for your business um and for us like we want the most conservative definition of that but one that reflects the idea of this is truly ingrained in system one thinking, it's truly ingrained in your fast memory structures. It's not something that you're trying to hold onto for a moment in time um, and thus is fleeting. It's something that's very embedded in your neurological makeup. Um, It's a connection that lasts. Um, And that doesn't mean you're a diehard fan and you put posters up on your wall, but it means that when you think about the category, you think about the business, you think about the brand. Um, And the way that we reflect that is basically a really trimmed down version of revenue that is, baseline revenue coming from not your paid media, not your direct response advertising, um, and, and coming from a place where we know it's reflecting a memory structure. And so for us, the place we naturally go to for that is um, direct and organic traffic of where people in an unprompted fashion think about your business and in most particularly branded organic, revenue from branded organic search terms, um, because that's the place where somebody search, thinks about your business, searches for your business in an unprompted way that reflects and reinforces memory structures. But then even beyond that, we want to, massage out any little moments where you're where you're fudging your conversion rate by doing a 50% off sale or a promo or it's Black Friday, or you just launched a new product or whatever it is. And so it's also trimming out spikiness in that to look at kind of the low points of your organic revenue um, coming from branded organic search terms, and let's stitch that together. And that becomes what we're calling this like baseline brand revenue. Um, and really, we want to know how do we grow that um, because the more we're reinforcing that, that's the critical uh, thing to affect. And then above that, yeah, we're going to run promotions, we're going to run direct response ad campaigns, all that great stuff, of course, for sure. But now you know your baseline that you're growing off of when you're pu- when you're pushing those um, those activations, um, yep. and you also know. The revenue base that looks most like subscriber revenue, like long-term revenue that's resilient, doesn't go away over time. So So how about this? That's kind of definition. Why don't
0: I I pause you for a second? That's beautiful. I think that lays a wonderful framework and foundation for our listeners. Now, how about this? One of the things I'd like to do is go through a little segment where it's just sort of like, here's the misconception and here's the reality. But maybe before we get there, which I think it would be some really steamy hot takes and nice little you know, Instagram story like snippets. But before we get there, why don't we just talk <laughs> about maybe some misconceptions around this resilient, let's call it smoothed, if you will. I don't know if you know smooth is, maybe it is the right term, but just resilient baseline of owned and organic revenue, or let's call it organic and direct. That's just always there. The subscription type revenue. You talk about it. So clearly it's like, okay, obviously I want this in my business. I want more of it in my business. So not that I'm saying what you're saying isn't interesting and new, but when you say it the way you do, it just makes sense. So then my question to you is why do you think one marketers, brand builders, people who are concerned with growing their business haven't been spending mental time, focus, getting into it, maybe giving it enough love, the love that it deserves. Why don't you think, because I think part of the assumption potentially here is just that it's, it's somewhat ignored and, and maybe just sort of thought about as that thing that's over there that maybe I can't affect, but maybe because it's very important, right? Maybe we'd talk a little bit more about like why it's essential, why it's so important. Maybe from like a reduced variability perspective, maybe it just how it de-risks your business, or maybe how it's like, you know, the thing that compounds and takes much longer to decay. So maybe there's some points there, but then the other piece is like, so so then why not? Why isn't it the, the one thing that everyone is thinking about, given how important and existential it is to the health of your business? So maybe you on a couple of those things.
1: Yeah. And I'd love to turn it over to you and hear your thoughts as well. Um, my take as to what's the big miss here, like why have people not been focused on this is because it's not easy, um, to figure out what's, what's growing it. Um, -hmm. and, um, you know, when you focus on today's revenue, you're saying, what can I do today to change revenue today? Or what can I do this week to change revenue this week? Or what can I do this month to change revenue this month? And that's inherently the variable stuff, right? Um, it's inherently, if that's the way you're thinking about your business, you're thinking about pushing variable revenue. And so I can tell you those things, run a sale, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. do a promotion,
1: do a clever mm-hmm. promotion. Um, There's some promotions that have higher LTV. There's some promotions that have lower LTV. Um, Run a really great product feature ad um, that you run on Facebook, bottom of funnel uh, marketing, right? Like these are all things that report really, 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 really well from a short-term revenue perspective. And yet um, we know that there's something like intuitively marketers and, and brand owners know there's something missing from that. And so that's not all they do, right, of course. Um, but they're not then going back to say, here's the typical call and response, run sale or run ad or launch product momentary blip and momentary burst. Awesome. Yeah, we did it. Business falls back down. Ah, shit. Let's line up the next one. <laughs> and that's right. the hamster wheel that we get into. And so then we say, okay, what's the alternative to this? The alternative is what we'll call quote unquote brand. It's top of funnel. And we say, well, the alternative to this, this rigmarole that we're in is that, and I know what that is. That's running a million dollar national TV buy that I pay an agency lots of money to go build me creative for. And I'm going to try that in this market. And if it works for me, then brand works. If it doesn't work in driving four week, eight week revenue, brand doesn't work and it's a bunch of bullshit um and that's typically what we do then we run our test we put a lot of money into it we're a little uncomfortable and so maybe what happens is we get close to the test and we oh no we're not hitting our numbers we cut the budget in half <laughs> or we keep it <laughs> and we run it and it's a crap shoot like some people will say "Oh, best thing we ever did um some people will say dumbest thing ever brand doesn't work um and ignoring the idea of it matters what creative, it matters what test you ran, it matters what channel you used. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, those are kind of the two extremes we live in because those are the easiest to, to understand right now, given our reporting paradigm. But all of it's rooted in short-term revenue optimization, even if you're doing a holdout test. Um, and I frankly don't know why the concept of baseline revenue has not been popularized enough. But like we weren't like until maybe later in the business, we weren't operating off of a notion of baseline revenue. It's just so easy to be operating off of just actual total revenue.
0: Um,
1: and even just actual total contribution dollars. Um, those are easy to run off of. Um, it's hard to model what your baseline revenue is. It's hard to understand what you're doing to affect that. Um, um, and so I think that's probably the, 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 the yep. tough piece. It's hard, uh, to the it's hard to run the test. What's your It's hard to
0: run the test to the one thing I'm going to wait for on test. what you were seeing, yeah, it's hard to wait for the test. It's hard to run the test because one of the tests you can run is just turn off all discounts and all ads for two months and just see what happens. And you, you might know what happens day two. And you're like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like seeing that. I don't like confronting the truth of my business. So, so many of the folks we talk to know that if that happens, if they turn off promos, offers, discounts, dr, you know, heavy dr with the intention to drive short term only, um, they really don't have that good of a business. They don't really have that much revenue, and it's 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 a yeah. painful thing to acknowledge, and it is something where maybe there's there we start to rely on what is the term like hopium as, as our way out, right. Or, you know, kicking the can down the road, you know, maybe the next product launch will be that thing that, that really gets us going, or maybe just the tide will turn over time. So that was maybe just one of the things that I wanted to add on to that. The the other is this notion to your point, just underscoring what you said, which is just like, There is this idea, let's call it in entrepreneurship or just in in work in general, where you're just like, let me focus on the things I can control. However, the downside of that idea is is an incorrect understanding of what we can and cannot control. So, I I mean, if I put myself back in the period of time that you were talking about, where it really wasn't something that we focused on for, for a long time, I think about what my assumptions were on the topic and part of my assumption was, yeah, I, I, it's not something I can control. Honestly, I don't know what comprises it. I don't know how, I don't know the levers to pull to change it. And the other piece. So there's the, there's the notion of control. I think the other piece is potentially not shiny object, but just the degree to which I, on a relative basis, I felt I could control this other thing the short term revenue piece, right? Just that feeling of control, almost like God mode in
1: being an expert,
0: being an expert. (laughs) Yes. And just tweaking like the video game of it all. And these, the, just the feedback loop, very much more than a feedback loop. I think the correct term would potentially be just like a pretty strong dope, like the business dopamine loop is, is sort of like what it what it is or what it was or i guess what it continues yeah. to be so that is very powerful right there's <laughs> the uh, signal or the fidelity of the feedback loop traditionally you could say of driving that resilient baseline of owned and organic has been super weak or super light um, and and just from like a human perspective because you don't get that, you know, stimulus and response, it just becomes a relatively less interesting (laughs) way to spend your time. But I think part of the bit, that's the big miss. That's one of the big misconceptions that exists out there.
1: And to a certain extent that's like, right. Right. Like, if you're doing something and there's literally no response, it's wrong, right? Like, let's say I spent a million dollars. There's literally no response. It's wrong but a lot of times you're saying, no, there's a response, but shit, I just can't track it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the response Mm -hmm. isn't revenue. If the response is building memory structures, well, then how do I track that?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and how long do I wait for that to turn into revenue? Mm Um, Mm -hmm. and those are, I think some of the interesting, um, ideas, um, that like we, we feel and, and resonate with, um, so, so here's an interesting call and response. I'm a marketer. You've told me this. Okay, great. Hey, but, but listen to me. How about this? How about this, wise one? Um, you, uh, you tell me I got to do all this cool brand stuff. I got to build my baseline revenue. Okay, great. I, let's say I've defined it. Now, I've got you're telling me I've got to go do this brand new thing. I've got to pay some creative agency to build me brand creative to go do a TV buy, gotta do it in some, some geo holdout that I gotta set up. Now you're telling me I can't even measure results for a few months later. Um, sorry, that doesn't fit into my operating paradigm. So I'm just gonna keep doing Facebook and Google and at least I have some data there. We're on a profit mission, man. I can't do it. What do you say? What do, what do I do?
0: Well, Two roads diverged. Whatever the saying is. In a is. wood. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose. Two the marketers one. diverged in
1: <laughs> on the internet, and I. I chose the you one that no one has gone down.
0: <laughs> the listener. The listener knows what I'm getting at. Indiana. So I'd, I'd like to talk about these two roads. One road number one. Specific example from a brand spoke to recently. They are killing it. They are totally killing it. And I don't think that's either, even that relevant. The story, though, is that they've got... They they recently hired a, a head of brand. You know, I think once you start getting a little bit of money in the bank, you start growing, you start, ah, brand, important. Hire someone that does this stuff. They... Option one is... They maybe come from a more, let's call it traditional company background where, you know, maybe they, they've used things like aided and unaided via survey results, right? Maybe they had huge survey budgets to run these quarterly survey programs, spending millions of bucks four times a year. And then they'll see like, what, what was my change in uh brand awareness broadly? And then maybe a couple of sub points. And They, like you say, spend a million bucks, probably just, uh, around one concept that was largely unvetted, but was the idea that, that the creative agency presented to them and it seemed good enough. Uh, and then they spent a ton of money producing, developing, editing, and maybe coming up with sub-concepts, right? They'll like, I'll give you 15 variants, whatever. One one overall concept. That, again, that brand person, they're going to say, hey, here's how I'm going to measure it. And now that they're running the campaign, they've invested all this money, in order to be able to do that in the first place, my point is, this is a situation where they're just like, they're shooting their shot. Like they have, they have so many opportunities to just like, kind of like put themselves out there and say, go with me on this. Trust me on this. Like I, we got to do this sort of thing. And in an organization, you have so many of those let's call it bullets or whatever that, that you can use. And as the brand person cannonballs, right, right. (laughs) They go straight to cannonballs and to use the parlance of Mr. Jim Collins. Um, No calibration, right? And so they go directly for this massive launch. And I think there's a level of hope, right? Where like, oh, okay, this has got to drive something. This has got to drive some sales that I I don't know, but it's going to drive something that will appease everyone in the organization. And this this brand that I'm referring to, they ran it. They spent, I think, upwards of a million dollars. Uh, I asked them like, how many concepts did you did you run it? Did you test the concepts ahead of time? And they're like, no, you know, we were really short on time, <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh gosh, okay, that's a real constraint, sure, but but the amount of dollars you just put behind this, seriously, and and then I said, so I asked how'd it go, and they said, well, we we really don't know what happened, and. I think you've, you've heard countless stories like that before <laughs> of where it's not really, it's not really, it killed it. And it's also not really like it was the best thing in the world. It was just sort of like, I don't know. What did we get? Uh, maybe we got some increase in, in brand awareness, but. Um, did you see it? <laughs> I did not see it. I did not they see just it. Do,
1: they just do individual surveys. <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah. So we so we did, did that same thing. We did that
1: same yeah. thing. Yeah. For sure. Right. We were like, right. oh, we don't know.
0: Right. Yeah, the the other option, and then maybe this is more of the this is more of the hot take. This is more of the story that we're trying to to tell and get out there is the idea that there are immediate responses. There is this tight feedback loop in this world of driving behaviors. You do a thing, you drive a behavior that is universally applicable across every marketing activity the name of brand or dr those are largely part of the problem Um, and more than anything i think what we're trying to talk about is this idea that in response to the prompt that you gave it's the same fundamental premise exists across the board and it's about these behaviors some of the behaviors manifest in revenue today Some of these behaviors manifest in revenue over time, but they're all behaviors that happen immediately. And And that are happening.
1: And that are happening. happening. And that are currently
0: happening. And they don't, yeah, to your point, and just to be very blunt and explicit, they do not require a Super Bowl ad. They do not require you to change what you do. You just look at what you're already doing through a slightly broader lens let's call it, where you're getting more of an understanding of these behaviors that are already happening. And those behaviors translate to manifest in the building of this resilient base of own and organic revenue. And so that's that seemingly has been one of the biggest missing pieces here is this understanding that, number one, that Brand building requires brand marketing. Bullshit. Number two, that you have to wait 90 days to see, or longer, to see the impact of my brand building. Bullshit. That it may or may not translate to tangible business results, may or may not translate to increased profits, may or may not apply to me as a a modern digitally native brand it only applies to omni-channel brands which was mentioned by one of the people who we just you just gave a did a lunch and learn with bullshit so there are all these things that are just not true variety of others but with that and with my controversial use of profanity here on this family (laughs) podcast i will hand it off to you (laughs) <laughs> to see if you have any reactions. <laughs> I,
1: I um, of course, um, react positively. Here's one of the things that I was thinking um, while you were going through that was like, was this funny trend I think we get into. We're like, when we started our business, and maybe this is just us, but when we started our business at Chubby's, we had no alternative but to try and build brand. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was all we could do because mm-hmm. we had no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. You're doing all this stuff you're we've never made content before we've never i never even got a good grade in a in a writing class really or an english class or anything that would have told me that like yeah we should be i your your path is to go make a bunch of content and do photography and start recording a bunch of videos um (laughs) and that's gonna kick ass like that's the career uh But we started to do it, it was bad. And then it got better and better and better. But we started to see our customers come back to us. We started to see organic business. Awesome, sweet. That got us to a certain size. And then we said, all right, it's time to put fuel on the fire. Let's get some paid media going. And then took a, you know, whatever, like six year romp or five year romp in a completely different direction. Um, and got convinced of this being the way to run things. Got convinced of, oh, it's, it's all about short-term. Like if you don't see an act, if you don't see a, resu- a result from what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing it. And a lot of that's right, um, but then, we realize as we get bigger, wait a minute, we kind of had a lot right when we were younger. like the child it's like mm-hmm. the business version of child mind. Um, mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, like think about if you didn't have any money, what would you be doing? like mm-hmm. how would you win? um mm-hmm. the fact that you have money doesn't change the paradigm of how you win um because you can just pay to put, you know, not very awesome content in front of people, that's not an option when you're small. And so you have to do something creative and you have to do something that clicks and hits and you have to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something interesting around like getting back to some of those fundamentals because like the idea of baseline revenue is that's the only revenue you can grow when you're just starting, that's it, that's all you got.
0: Right, right. Uh, It's
1: not- So the thought exercise,
0: the thought exercise is directly to your point, which is just like blank slate. What do you have if you don't have money? What would you do if you didn't have money that, okay, right. go that that's your strategy. And yeah, what's, and yeah, what's so put funny money behind the used. stuff
1: that works the best, you know, like the stuff that you, that you now works, that you're finding works. Okay, sweet. Put money behind that because you're validating it in, in a trial by a fi- by fire sort of mechanism. But like, if you had no money, you wouldn't be paying a creative agency a million bucks to go make creative. And by the way, that creative agency is taking a markup on the idea. They're then paying people who are taking a markup on the writing. They're paying people who are taking a markup on the photography. You're paying a DP. You're paying a, uh, a couple of grips. You're paying like a producer. You're paying markup on everybody. And this also emphasizes, I think, a bit of uh, my strong belief, which is like creative teams in-house, creative teams in-house, creative teams in-house. Yep. Um, creative costs so much money when you're trying to pay for many other people's incremental markups on other people's salaries. Um, and so great if you're managing a fleet of producers and you're just paying them directly, awesome. a fleet of grips, a fleet of DPs, a fleet of creative directors. Cool. They don't have to be necessarily on staff, but they have to be employed directly by you as opposed to employed via a creative agency. Um, and that's a little bit of a controversial take, but like I think it's so powerful. And then maybe what creative teams can do is help you think through ideas and work with those DPs and, and help you like deliver on some of those concepts. But paying for all of that and markups on all of that just gets so freaking expensive. Sure. Maybe totally. you do that after you've qualified an
0: idea. Next week we'll I think we can continue some of these like specific misconceptions. We laid the foundation, but then you could just do kind of like the, the misconceptions, particularly from Even if we just use like the lunch and learn and then seemingly the things that people responded to in the uh, calls from this week. Sweet. I'll edit the last part out. Thank you, everybody, for listening on this wonderful Friday. Hopefully this opened the mind a little bit, challenged some misconceptions around building your brand. You do not have to be a brand marketer to build your brand. We don't even have to use the term build your brand. We just mean do shit. it's probably best
1: right now if you aren't already a brand marketer um, to go build your freaking brand.
0: You know what I'm saying? You
1: don't want to have any yeah. I you, or or I don't,
0: we don't even need to. Maybe we don't even the need to use wealth. the term. Maybe we don't even need to use the term brand. It's just here's how you build a more profitable business. business. You get more business resilient, power. owned, and organic revenue. And maybe that's, that's part it, of the thing. There's stop. this built-in mental association with the word brand. Maybe that's our oh, problem. Oh hey, I know brand. Oh hey, it's I know that. brand. You're talking about influence. right? Are you talking about influencers? Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: Super Bowl. Tom Brady going to yeah. do an influencer spot of the Super Bowl for you.
0: <laughs> That's the problem.
1: Oh, I got an it. Idiot. Hey, I can't afford
0: that. I can't do brand. Oh, man. Right. This isn't for me. Okay, Shucks. talk to you later. All right.